0: Welcome back to the Chris Gates Fitness Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me in today's episode. As always, I'm super excited to bring this one to you, and uh, I have a pretty fun topic to dive into today. I think this might end up being a part one of at least two, maybe a few, um, where I dive into just my fitness journey. The things that I've experienced and gone through um, in all of the decades of chasing after different Fitness and nutrition and body composition and strength goals uh, to not only help you learn a little bit more about me, but more so uh, help paint a picture for you as to how this stuff tends to unfold for most people. Because I think, uh, oh, but I think part of what has made me uh, a good enough coach over the years is that. Uh, I've made just about every mistake you could possibly make with this stuff, Um, and because of that, I'm able, I think, to uh, relate to the people that I work with pretty well and be able to provide them with solutions based on the struggles that they're experiencing Uh, because I've been there before. uh, I've experienced a lot of the same things, and then also, you know, over the years, I've also worked with uh, a lot of people, been through a lot of different situations, and tend to have some decent solutions to uh, to a lot of the things that pop up along the way when you go through a journey of wanting to build muscle or burn fat, improve your health, develop healthy lifestyle habits. It all uh, is a process, and uh, that process is filled with ups and downs. So I'm going to walk you through my entire journey, and I'm literally going to take you from day one of what I started doing, uh, what I thought back in- geez, I don't know, 2009 probably when I got started with this stuff. Uh, What I tried then, how it has evolved over the years, uh, the things that went well, the things that maybe didn't go so well, uh, some of the struggles that I experienced. um, And uh, again, try and put it all in the lens of, hey, this happens to everybody in some way, shape, or form. And here are different ways that you can You know, go through these peaks and valleys and make sure that you come out of it on the other end, continuing to be consistent and continuing to learn from the process uh, so that you can hopefully make long term progress. And, And really, at the end of the day, this stuff is all based on wanting to live healthier, right? Live healthier and happier, be stronger for the duration of your lifetime so that you have longevity. I think that should be really the end goal for everybody, right, is to have longevity And have as much of your life be filled with you being able to do all the things that you want to do and not be limited by uh, different health circumstances that could pop up and get in the way of you enjoying your life. Um, And just physically, you know, being able to to be there and do the things that you want to do. Uh, Obviously, as we get older, that's going to deteriorate. But we can slow down that rate of deterioration quite a bit by uh, focusing on doing a lot of the right things. So I'm going to walk you through all of those ups and downs that I've experienced. Hopefully, uh, you you find some value in it. Um, this has been something I've been meaning to do for a little while since I finished a body re- recomposition uh, process, project on myself that started well over 500 days ago. Once that ended, it ended in May of 2023, I have been uh, piecing this episode or series of episodes together uh, because I, I, I felt like, you know, this this last process that I went through was so long and involved so many different phases. Um, and I learned so much from it that it, it really felt to me like it was like the capping piece to all of these other experiences I've had along the way. And the longer you stick with this stuff, you can have that same type of experience where you get... Each time you try something, you get better and better and better at it, and then you get to a point where you feel like, okay, you know what? I've actually accomplished this thing that I want to do, and I'm hungry to do even more with it. So That's where I feel like I am in my own personal fitness journey. And so I'm excited to be able to kind of just lay all this out for you in today's episode. So we're going to get into all of that here uh, in short order, but <clears throat> I I don't want to forget to mention that uh, we are approaching a very important date here, okay? So uh, if you haven't listened to some of the recent episodes of the podcast, August 7th is coming up, and August 7th means training camp is almost here. If you've missed it, what is training camp? I am opening up the first edition of my online fitness training camp uh, which is uh, really an opportunity for you to to work with me get a customized training and nutrition program that's suited to you and the health and fitness goals that you have uh, but do it in a way where this is a 90-day challenge so i am going to be aggressively challenge you challenging you along the way to Start to build some of these habits that foster long-term progress, that longevity that I just talked about. Um, so we're going to have challenges throughout the 90 days. Each month there's going to be a different challenge to help you build certain habits that are unbelievably impactful, like working on your consistency, uh, trying to work on your daily activity levels. We're going to be having some stuff based on nutrition and and eating enough protein to support the goals that you have. Like we're going to have these challenges that really force you and and challenge you to build. The these habits and if you do that being able to work these things into your daily routine and keep them going is going to help you make exponentially more progress long term than if you kind of just tried to while out and attack this stuff on your own. Um, and uh, with those challenges, there's going to be prizes awarded to uh, people who do a really good job uh, each month ba- based on whatever the specific challenge is. And this is all kind of rooted in you know one of my loves, which is uh, every football season starts with training camp. And we're approaching that time of year where football teams show up for training camp. And whether you're a big sports fan or not, I think you can probably understand the concept. concept. Concept here, where uh, when a season starts, or when your health and fitness journey starts, when you have a goal that you want to achieve, and you you're ready to get started with that, um, what what we're gonna do is get you into training camp. Start working on the right habits so that you can attack that goal successfully. You know, your favorite team would show up and they use training camp to get in shape for the season that is to come. Well, we've got a season upcoming here in fall. I know it's July still. You may not be thinking about it, but this season coming up, that is fall, is the most challenging one of the year. And it's one where, like, we look back on a lot of people really see their progress track backwards, track in the opposite direction during fall because of all the things that happen, activities pick back back up. If you're a parent, your kids go to school. There's all kinds of stuff that's involved there. Uh, Obviously, football season picks up. If you're a fan like me, you're, you're going to watch parties, you're going to tailgates, you're attending the games, you're going on road trips, you're doing all the fun things that are involved with that. But then we get into the holiday season where there's Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's and all of those things combined make it the most challenging time of year. To not only make progress, but even just try and maintain the progress that you've made, or just try to not take steps backward. Most people take steps backward in this final quarter of the year that we're approaching. So, we're gonna get you into training camp. We're gonna work on the habits that not only avoid taking steps back, but we're gonna try to get you to take steps forward during this most challenging time of year. And your favorite team, they're putting game plans in place, right? They're looking ahead to the season each week. Who are they playing? We're going to do the same thing. So each week for you, what do you have coming up? What type of strategies and game plans do we need to put in place for you so that you can continue to successfully pursue the goals that you have with your health and fitness? We're going to do that together, okay? This is your opportunity to do that. This program is uh, suited to essentially any goal that you may have. Really, the big ones are building muscle, burning fat, right? Those are the two things that most people want to do. Um, We're going to do those things while creating the have. That uh, will allow you to continue to do those things and maintain the progress that you make for the long term. Now, August 7th, like I said, August 7th is that date where applications are going to open on that day. Applications are only going to be open for a week. August 7th to August 13th is when you can apply for training camp. All right. And during that week, I'm going to be offering 50% off the first month of coaching. To anybody that listens to my podcast, you get 50% off the first month of coaching uh, when you apply. There is a link in the show notes to this episode to an article on my website that outlines everything you need to know about training camp, all right? So I want you to make sure you hit that link, go over to my website, read about it, get ready, mark your calendar, do whatever you have to do. If you have a physical calendar in your house, Put a star on August 7th and write CGF, Chris Gates Fitness. I want you to remember that day so you can get over to my website and apply uh, so that you can get signed up, get that discount, and we can get the ball rolling. All right. And if, if you don't have a physical calendar, go into your phone, pause this episode of the podcast right now, go into your phone, go into your calendar, set an alert The morning of August 7th, put my website's URL in there, chrisgatesfitness.com, and make sure you get over there and submit your application on that date. Again, 50% off your first month. It's going to be an awesome challenge. I'm really excited to do this. I did a similar challenge last fall, and people made unbelievable progress. We saw over 120 combined pounds lost. People lost a combined 34 inches off their waistline. Everybody got stronger, saw literally hundreds of pounds of increases in compound exercises like your squats, your presses, your deadlifts. Uh, It was a really productive experience and it's what led to this, this more formal edition of training camp that I'm launching this fall. I'm really, really excited about it. I hope you are too. 90 day challenge coming soon, August 7th, mark your calendar. And uh, with that, no more plugs, let's get into the episode, which again is just me kind of walking you through my fitness journey here. Uh, and we'll start from the the very, very beginning, the way that I got started with fitness and uh, talk a little bit about what went well and what maybe didn't go so well and uh, how that led me to to where I am today. So depending on how old you are, you listening, you may or may not remember... Uh, you know, those late night infomercials that were, would advertise different types of, you know, miracle fat loss supplements and workout programs that, you know, will make the fat melt away off your body and this stuff. And those, I I assume that those probably still exist. Uh, now that I have kids, I am not up late enough to know if those commercials still run, but, um, I I saw one that really caught my eye way back in the day. And again, if you're old enough to remember, uh, I hopped on a program called P90X. You may have heard of it. You may not. It it now is part of like this big, the big bundle of uh, workout programs that's in the, the company Beachbody. Okay. And they also have like the Insanity program and different stuff like that. I saw these infomercials for P90X and saw the exercises people were doing and it just, for whatever reason, called. To me, I thought it made a lot of sense and it was something that I should do because you know I had always been a really, really skinny kid. Um, when I was growing up, the sports that I was best at was essentially cross country and track, so running, uh, because I was so light, so skinny, and so quick. But for the other sports that I, I actually liked a lot more, like football and basketball and hockey. Um, I was I was so light and so skinny that it was hard for me to be good at those sports. And so I always kind of had this insecurity about how I looked and how, how my body was because uh, of how skinny I was. And I always had this desire to do something about it, but I never really knew what to do about it. And whenever I wanted to get started with something, I felt kind of insecure about asking my parents or asking my friends about like how to get started with it. But uh, eventually, like at the end of high school beginning of college, uh, that, that frame, uh, that frame, which was around 2009, uh, was, or I suppose, no, it was even earlier than that. It was around like 2006, 2005, 2006. Um, I saw the P90X stuff and I thought this makes sense to me. Uh, and so I went to my parents and I asked if we could get the program and they were very uh, okay with it. And they said, sure, let's do it and um, so I got p90x and uh, again if you're not familiar with that program it does have some some good workouts in it and it does focus on a lot of like good exercises uh, that that you can get a lot of bang for your buck out of but if you know anything about the beach body compilation of, of workout programs uh, it, it lacks a lot of the fundamental principles that actually lead to you transforming your body in the way that I wanted to, right? I wanted to stop being this skinny kid. So I wanted to build muscle. I wanted to build strength. And to an extent the program helped me do that. But really with these on-demand workouts, these this P90X program and the beach body workouts, they often base their workout programs on Time intervals. Okay, so you're following along to – at this time I was watching DVDs. You follow along to a DVD workout program and instead of doing like a set of dumbbell rows for 8 to 10 and trying to lift as heavy as you possibly can and then take a rest period and let your body rest and recover before you try to do it again – which is the way I train now, it was, okay, we're going to do dumbbell rows for 30 seconds and you got to pump out as many as you possibly can and that's great Because it gets you moving, it gets you lifting weights, it gets you doing some of these movement patterns that are beneficial. But at the same time, it doesn't quite encourage progressive overload the way that you want or need it if you want to build muscle and you want to build strength. Uh, Instead, it kind of just encourages you to try to move as much as you possibly can. And something that I've found with that idea, that framework, that mindset, when you approach your workouts of saying like, I'm just going to move this weight as fast as I possibly can, you don't necessarily tend to always target the muscle groups as effectively as you want or as you could, um, and you don't really have great form or technique when you're doing it because you're just trying to like beat your previous rep total at, at all costs. And uh, so there's good with it. There's bad with it you know, some of the good habits I developed with P90X was consistency. Um, it was a, I think, a, like a five or a six day training program, which back at that time I was a, still a teenager. So I was able to handle that much exercise. I will say like for folks my age now where I'm 36, uh, doing that much training every week is is probably not going to be best for you and not feasible. Uh, It's something you can't be consistent with. Uh, But uh, it encouraged consistency for me because I had nothing else going on. And I had one goal that I wanted to achieve. I was working like a part-time job. So I had a lot of free time. And in my free time, I would work out, which was awesome. Uh, It also encouraged me to train hard. So like the mindset of wanting to do as much in those intervals of time as I possibly could was a good thing in that it made me want to push myself right so there there. that's something that's important I do you you will see a lot of people go into the gym lifting weights and kind of going through the motions right so this didn't necessarily lead me to do that it led me to want to push harder and harder and harder but I kind of plateaued because we're we were operating on time I wasn't giving my body a lot of time to recover and show up and perform well it was more about just moving right it was moving burning calories like in the workouts they talk all the time about how this is going to burn so many calories for you and um you know, that's that's not now looking back and as a coach, like that's never something I tell my clients to do. That's never something I think about when I'm training is how many calories I'm burning. It's not a healthy approach to take with this stuff. Um, So that leads into, you know, some of the things I – learned from that program that weren't as beneficial for me was training to burn calories. That's one of the first things I thought about when I put together my outline for this episode was, uh, you know, I was focused on training to burn calories, and and which, the, the funny thing about that, you know, back then I didn't know anything about energy balance and the fact that I needed a calorie surplus to build muscle. I didn't know any of that stuff. So I was thinking, well, burning calories has to be good, right? Because this is fitness, and that's what you do. When, in reality, the way I wanted to change my body, I didn't want to be burning as many calories as I possibly could. I should have been eating more and uh, training in a way that you know, supports progressive overload and and not necessarily Moving to move and burn calories. Uh, there was nothing about progressive overload. I've already mentioned that. There were also like throughout the program, lots of myths about this concept of muscle confusion. And this is something that I, I I I don't think is talked about much anymore because since that time period, you guys gotta understand. If you're younger, listening to my podcast, the the availability of quality information back in the early 2000s was so unbelievably different than it is now. And if you think about it, like I said, I started this program 2005, 2006. That was right around the same time I just started getting on Facebook. Back then, Facebook was only available to people who had a .edu uh, email address. So that's how far back we're talking. And so there wasn't all of this, there wasn't this breadth of like unbelievably quality information on the internet about fitness and nutrition and how to manage all this stuff. It just didn't exist. People got magazines or people bought programs like this and watched the DVDs. And that's how you tried to do the things that you wanted to do, that you wanted to achieve. And uh, so like they would talk through like, oh yeah, we're going to do the exercise this way and then we're going to switch it up and we're going to do something else because you want to confuse the muscle. You want to confuse the muscle to make it grow, which made, uh, you know, really, I guess it was brainwashing at the time. It seemed to make a lot of sense while you were doing it, but at the end of the day, um, it didn't make – I mean, it's it's not a concept that actually it means anything. It's that you can't confuse your muscles uh, really if you're trying to use muscle confusion to make progress – what you're probably doing is making less progress by focusing on a concept like uh, muscle confusion. So um, that, the ty- that type of stuff really uh, wasn't helpful, but it was baked into my brain from doing that program, and that made it more difficult over the years to kind of break out of it because that was the first thing that I heard, and so I just assumed that that was the truth. Uh, there was way too much volume in this program, and volume is another thing that I had no concept of back then. But training five to six days a week, doing an unbelievable amount of reps. And sets and doing it for time and doing it over and over and over and over again. Like I remember the ab workout in P90X was like 15 different exercises, probably doing like over 500 reps of ab work. Uh, and I think that, that workout was multiple times a week. So it just, I mean, it was way too much volume. Nobody needs to be doing that much volume for one muscle group. Uh, but, uh, but, but I did. And (laughs) here we are. Um, and again, like, so since I bought these DVDs, there was nothing tailored to me. It was a template, and and I preach about this all the time. If you're a longtime listener of the podcast, you've probably heard me say this before. Uh, I don't believe in templates. I think everybody should have uh, some type of coaching or some type of customized, personalized approach with this stuff uh, because if you get a template of something that somebody else has been doing and it worked well for somebody else, that does not mean, even if you do it exactly the same way that they did it, it does not mean that it's going to work that way for you. It's just not how it works. We're all so... Uh, Specifically different in different ways that you need something customized to your lifestyle, your likes, your dislikes, the things that you're trying to achieve. It all needs to be packaged together for you. Uh, And so I was kind of operating off a template. And with all those things combined, you know, I made a decent amount of progress uh, early on uh, with the program, but then like very quickly plateaued. And I ran P ninety X. It was a three month program. I think I ran it for like two and a half years, and uh, I think the the last two of those years, I really wasn't making any progress. I was just continuing to do the same exact things. Um, So it it was good in that it it made me consistent and made me train hard, but basically everything else about it kind of led me down the wrong path. And it took a really, really long time for me to claw my way out of that so that I could get to a place where I was able to open my mind up to different approaches, and I'll talk more about that through uh, through this this podcast as we talk more about my journey. Where you know there was some hard headedness uh, throughout the process, and I think it all started with with what I did in this first program. And I take that really seriously when I bring on a new client if they've never done a program before. I take it very seriously to to understand that like. This is their first experience with doing this type of stuff. I need to set this person up with a wildly different experience than I had the first time that I did something like this because as you'll hear as this episode or series of episodes goes along, um, it took me a really long time to break away from that. Now, outside of the P90X training aspect of things, I had no concept of energy balance, and and I talk about that a lot on the podcast. So I I won't harp on it too much. But obviously, like the terms like calorie deficit, calorie surplus, just calories as as energy going into the body, I had no concept of what that was, and I fell into this trap of like, what is quote good, what is quote bad, and um, I really actually kind of this is might sound like a little bit dark, and and it probably is. Um, I I essentially kind of starved myself because I had no idea what I was supposed to be doing. So uh, I knew protein was good. That's about the only thing I think I appropriately understood was that protein was going to help me build muscle. Uh, So the ways I went about getting protein maybe wasn't the healthiest approach, um, but I was at least getting protein in. So I was um, pretty much eating just the same exact things every single day I was eating a lot of chicken tenderloins and I was having a lot of protein shakes. All right. That was the, basically how I got my protein in on a daily basis. Um, and, and and honestly, though, the, the problem was there, there wasn't much of anything else. So in my mind, fat was, quote, bad because fat made you fat. And again, you have to understand going back to the early 2000s, this type of stuff was common knowledge. Well, knowledge. It was commonly thought. This is a common thought process for a lot of people. I thought fat was going to make you fat. I didn't want to get fat. I wanted to build muscle. So I thought, well, I'll eat protein because protein builds muscle, but I'm not going to eat fat because fat builds fat. And I think anybody probably knows now in 2023 that that thought process is crazy. <laughs> but uh, didn't know that back then. I also thought carbs were quote bad. This was back in the era of the Atkins diet. Uh, so there was a lot of messaging about how carbohydrates are making people fat and lots of success stories about people not eating carbs uh, and seeing dramatic progress. Um, and, and in my mind, that's all I had to hear. I didn't have the the wherewithal to dig deeper into those stories to find out that those people were all trying to lose weight and lose body fat. I just heard, oh, they made progress. Look at the way they look. That must be because they didn't eat any carbs. So I avoided carbs. I avoided fat. And I more or less only ate protein. I I very regularly would eat uh, chicken tenderloins, which I put on a George Foreman grill and grilled them. And then I had those with salad. And I had chicken tenderloins and salad like, all the time. So that was pretty much the the scope of my diet. Um, And you could see how that would be a a problem because it would be really, really hard to eat that way and consume enough calories uh, to put yourself in a calorie surplus to actually build muscle. I was probably in a very serious calorie deficit and and that I think was the truth because it would explain how I ended up looking. I got unbelievably shredded. Like I, I was... I was shredded to the bone. You could see veins going down like the side of my body and like down into like ab veins and stuff like that. I had all that stuff, but I didn't have much muscle mass to speak of either. So I continued to do the same stuff for several years and just was so confused as to why I didn't have the results that I wanted. I had abs and I didn't really have anything else. I had abs, veins, and not much else. And, um, you know, looking back, it was, uh, it's, it's frustrating. It's a little bit emotional because I spent some of the best years of my life, uh, and by best years of my life, I mean, the, the the most advantageous years of my life to really make a dramatic change. When you're that young, you have that much time to train. Uh, you know, your your health is a top notch. You've you've got testosterone from head to toe, f- fueling and flowing through your body. It's a great time to to build muscle and make a lot of change. And 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 I didn't do that. I I'd spun my wheels for a long time. I had people in my life who tried to help. Um, and I was really stubborn. I, I didn't want their advice. I kind of thought like, well, you don't look like that. So how do you know how to do it? And, and, and I refused to, to listen to people. Um, and I I eventually quit. Uh, You know, I got so frustrated that I was like, I just must not be the type of person who can do this. So I'm going to stop trying. And I think that thought process is something that a lot of people struggle with, um, And I I say that a lot in different interactions that I have, I'll say it a lot in social media posts, like don't think that you just can't do this, that you're just the type of person that can't do this because that's not a real thing. That doesn't exist. Anybody can make progress towards what they want to achieve if they understand the right way to go about it. And I just didn't. I just didn't and I was too stubborn to let people tell me the right things And also, unfortunately, at that time period, the internet wasn't what it is today, and there just wasn't quality information for me to even be able to go seek. Uh, It was just a a, a tough period of time for that type of stuff. So I eventually quit. Uh, I just went back to running. I'll I'll say like throughout this entire journey, the things that I never really got away from have been running and cardio. Uh, Those were always the things that I was good at, so I kept doing those, and that's how most things work for people, right? Like it's, you, you, the things that you're consistent with, you're typically also pretty good at them. And that means you like doing them because you're good at them. So you can be consistent with them. So, um, I quit that. That's how that first phase of my journey went. And, uh, that lasted me through basically all of college, uh, until I, you know, took some time off and then decided at some point to get into a new phase, uh, after graduating college. So the way that that phase kind of picked back up for me is like life-wise, I went through a decent amount of change. I graduated college. Uh, I took a job. Really, I took an internship uh, that led to a full-time job, and uh, that was my major in college was newspaper journalism. And look at me now. I am a online fitness coach. <laughs> Don't give up on your dreams, kids. Um Uh, So I I took a job at a newspaper in Ohio, and uh, I just didn't – I hated it, honestly. The the newspaper gig, I was in sports reporting, so that meant uh, you had to work on Friday nights and Saturday nights. I was in a brand new area of the country living by myself, and the nights – that people my age would get together and and meet each other and make friends and have a social life. I was stuck in a newsroom till 2 a.m. on those nights. It just, it sucked. It sucked. I loved sports reporting, but I found out over time that like the gig involved uh, you losing your entire social life. And uh, that was a, a hard thing to experience. So I had that job. I quit that job. I did not have a job to fall back on. I just moved back in with my parents. Um, and once again was in a situation where I had more time on my hands to kind of get focused on my fitness goals again. So I picked back up with strength training. Um, and this time around, I wasn't doing the P90X thing. I was leaning on some of those principles still uh, of like doing a ton of volume. Um, but I I was doing more solid strength training in that I was focusing on compound exercises a bit more. Um, but Now we're in a period of time where we're in like the 2010 to 2011 era uh, time period, and there was more information online now than there had been previously, but there still wasn't a lot of good information, if you, if you feel what I'm saying. Um, so I was falling into some new traps uh, where you know things that I consumed about like you had to do supersets for every muscle group um, and, and like overtraining principles of doing wild amounts of volume because if some is good, more must be better. I started doing a lot of stuff like that. And, um, it, it, it it's it, it once again, didn't quite lead me down the path of achieving what I wanted to achieve. Now, what I will say is maybe the the bigger uh, problem, and this was the same as the first time around was my diet. only my diet was kind of in reverse of what my diet had been now. It was the flip side of things. Uh, I was overeating. I was absolutely crushing calories. I'm 21 now. I have friends who were all, you know, out of college. Most of us have jobs, not me, but most of us had jobs. Uh, some of my friends were uh, he, here in Pittsburgh, uh, living down on the south side, which is the area of town where, like, you want to go to the bars, and uh, we were going to the bars all the time. So, you know, I was basically binge drinking on the weekends. Um, and once again, I found myself confused as to why I wasn't making any progress. But once again, the reason I wasn't making any progress, cause I just had no concept of how calories and nutrition factored into the, the idea and, and the goal of building muscle and building strength. I thought that it was all about lifting. Like your body would adapt. If you lift and you eat protein, your body will adapt and magically become this thing that you want it to become. Um, but like when you're way overeating and uh, you're binge drinking on the weekends, alcohol is toxic to your system. It also leads you to make terrible nutritional decisions. So then at 2 a.m., I'm getting you know a whole pizza to slam before I fall asleep, and then we do the whole thing again the next day. Um, my habits were seriously, seriously out of line when it as it relates to the goals that I had which is essentially the same thing as the first phase of my fitness career, but in reverse. Uh, so also at this time, I was still very hard-headed. Um, I didn't want to listen to the advice or feedback that people said. I basically went into the gym with my blinders on. I did my stupid little workouts that were kind of good, but mostly terrible. And then I treated my body like a trash can after I left the gym. It was just so stupid. But again, these are the these are the, the the pitfalls that a lot of people run into. Honestly, it's what a lot of people run into and, and need help with and need guidance on to figure out how to get out of the cycle of essentially yo-yo dieting. And what I'm describing here is yo-yo dieting, right? In the first phase of my fitness career, I was severely under-eating. And then I get to the second phase of my fitness career and I'm severely overeating. And not neither of these things contribute well to my health or my longevity or my fitness. And uh at the end of the day, they lead me to quit again, right? So at the end of this second phase, Um, I, I, you know, I, once again, I try this for a little while, uh, a couple years and don't make much noticeable progress. If anything, I see my body kind of get softer, not look the way that I want it to look. I think about, you know, how it looked in college when I was shredded, but I didn't have any muscle. And I'm like, well, now I don't even have, you know, all like the, the abs and the veins that, that looked kind of cool back then. Now I just kind of look soft like a pillow and it's really frustrating and embarrassing. So, uh, that led me to quit. So again, we're We're on the the other end of the spectrum, and I think a lot of people deal with this, where you try one thing at one extreme, it doesn't work, so then you go to the other end and the other extreme, and that doesn't work, and when both those things don't work, you say, well, what the hell? Once again, I just must not be the type of person that can make progress with fitness, and that's not the case. I promise you it's not the case. Um, So that's what happened, and uh, the second phase led to me once again quitting before I get to a third phase of my fitness journey that, uh, honestly is the last one before I start to figure things out and move in the right direction. And, uh, this one is honestly probably the darkest of all three and the one where my health got the, it ended up being in the worst place of my life. Phase number three of my training career of my fitness journey, um, involved a really, really big life change, which is Uh, when I moved out of the Midwest or East Coast or wherever you want to consider Pittsburgh and Ohio to be, and I moved out to the West Coast, I actually moved to Oregon. Uh, I took a job at Oregon State University uh, to actually work in a health and fitness setting, which uh, seems like it would be the best thing ever, right, for my health and fitness. I would go to this atmosphere where I'm working in the Campus Recreation Center. My office is literally above the weight room. I have all the resources I could ever want to make the progress that I want. Um, and, and ironically, this is where my health ended up being at its absolute worst. Uh, I was completely out of my comfort zone. I was super excited about this opportunity. Honestly, I was, uh, which is why I took the job, right? You wouldn't take the job unless and move that far away unless you really thought it was going to be something great. Um, and early on, I enjoyed it. Uh, honestly, early on, I enjoyed it in the first three to six months. Um, you know, when I was out there. Also, you know, when I got started, it was in uh, August uh, of 2012, and so September rolled around. The, the The school year started at Oregon State. The football season started. I got to go to a lot of football games admittedly, most of the time by myself. But uh, I had a lot of fun with that. But you know, as the football season ended and we kind of sunk into the norm out there, uh, where in the fall and the winter and a lot of the spring, you're kind of just trapped under a cloud. It's dreary, it's cold, it's rainy. Um, I really felt out of my comfort zone, and I was 3,000 miles away from everybody that I knew, uh, everybody that I loved. And everything that I felt passionate about. And uh, that was really, really hard to, to try and deal with. Um, and, and admittedly, I didn't end up dealing with it very well. Um, what ended up happening was because I think I was not surrounded by all of those things that uh, I was so passionate about. And uh, that I cared so much about and that I loved. Uh, I ended up losing a lot of the motivation that I had to work on myself and work on my health. And uh, it it got pretty bad. Honestly, it got pretty, pretty darn bad when, uh, you know, I got to the point of like pretty much drinking every day when I got home from work. And uh, Just kind of holing up in in my apartment out there, not doing much. I avoided lifting altogether because the more I neglected my own health, uh, the, the less I felt like I looked the part, the more embarrassed I felt for working in a health and fitness setting and not really embodying what that is. Um, so I didn't want to go to the weight room I didn't want people to see me and I didn't want people to to you know to, to see that I just thought it was embarrassing um, I still did cardio I would put on you know like a hoodie and go hop on the elliptical and do cardio again like I mentioned earlier that's the one thing about fitness that has always been part of my routine uh, I've always been able to do that because it was the thing that I was good at so I still did cardio which was probably a saving grace considering how much, I, how poorly I treated my body with everything else. Um, but uh, this was the biggest fallout I had with fitness since I got started uh, in 2005, 2006. And, and honestly, like go back to what I said at the beginning of this episode, when I started talking to you through this, uh, the beginning of this journey and, and some of those things that were ingrained in me, ingrained in my brain as to how to do this stuff and how to accomplish the goals that I was setting out to do and what those DVDs were telling me, uh, and, and, and the habits that that fostered, it was really, really unproductive for my health. And I still hadn't been able to break out of that. And because of that, I continued to be stubborn. And, uh, because those things weren't working, I just full out quit. I, I full out quit on myself, like, like completely, uh, food was really my only entertainment, along with alcohol, and uh, I was unhappy. Man, I was lonely. I was living three thousand miles away, and uh, it just got really, really bad. Uh, eventually, I got to a point where, you know, nine months into the job, I started applying for jobs back in Pittsburgh, back in my home, uh, and around my home. I remember, uh, since I was working in higher education at the time. I thought that that was a really good opportunity for me to find another job in higher education. So I looked up quite literally uh, every university that existed within a four to five mile radius of Pittsburgh because I thought if I can just get somewhere close to back home, be within driving distance to the people that I care about, the people that I love, uh, it will improve my life exponentially. It will dramatically improve my life and improve my health. And uh, so I applied for everything, like everything that fit some type of skill set that I had. I was applying for administrative assistant positions all the way to communications positions, um, you know, positions in health and fitness settings. And um, that was good in a way it helped give me hope uh, that i could get to a b- back to a place that i was happier and healthier i will say at the same time It brought a lot of stress and anxiety to me because I wanted so badly to come back home. And then every time I would send out an application and hear nothing back, it made it harder and harder and harder mentally and emotionally. Uh, And so, you know, that led me to treat my body even worse, uh, more alcohol, worse nutrition. Like that's pretty much how the cycle went for um man I don't know three, three to six months until uh you know I, I ended up getting a bite I ended up getting an offer and uh, that offer ended up changing my life but this was phase three absolutely the unhealthiest period of my life uh and it's it's weird saying that now and and I know that now and I've known that for years now uh but when you're in it you don't often realize it until you have the, the the benefit of hindsight, when you can look back on a, an era or a phase of your life. Uh, and, and it's kind of emotional looking back on it and talking through it here on this podcast. A lot of things I'm talking through here, uh, I don't feel great about sharing, but I'm sharing them because I think a lot of these things are experiences that maybe you have had or, or in some way, shape or form, it's some percentage of some of these, uh, you may have experienced it. And uh, it's important for you to know that that's okay and it doesn't signal the end. Like You you can find a way out of it and you can find a way to get yourself moving in the right direction. You absolutely can. Unfortunately for me, it took me hitting absolute rock bottom. um, And then uh, there was a glimmer of hope, right? There was a glimmer of hope where I did get a job offer. Uh, I got a job offer to... Come back to the great city of Pittsburgh, which is where I was born and raised, where I live now. Uh, the opportunity to get a job at the University of Pittsburgh was uh, that's what happened. I got a job at, at uni- the University of Pittsburgh, um, which is had always been near and dear to my heart because uh, that's where my dad went to school. I grew up going to pit football games. I grew up going to that campus. And then, you know, beyond that, even when I was in college in Ohio, I would drive back to Pittsburgh all the time to go to pit games. Like it has always been something that's been part of my family. If you watch these video episodes of the podcast, you'll notice that there's like pit stuff behind me all the time uh, because I absolutely love it. Um, so I got an opportunity it was not in a health and fitness field it was like kind of in a communications field which fit the journalism background that I had uh, but it was, it was also kind of not um, but uh, it was an opportunity to get back home and uh, you know when we talk about all these things with fitness like your health your wellness your, your you know, body composition your body weight building muscle burning fat all these different things now, I mentioned the term wellness there And that's one I think that often people discount, right? Because we're so focused on what we see in the mirror. We're so focused on the external, what people see, what other people see of you. And if you don't have that wellness aspect in place, it makes all of those other things, like getting that physique that you want, building muscle, burning fat, it makes it a lot harder to to do that type of stuff. Um, And I knew that even though you know physically, from a progress standpoint, I was not where I wanted to be in terms of my fitness goals. I knew that this opportunity to come back home was going to help me with my wellness. And remember, at this point in time, I had basically now can considered the, the building muscle goal that I had to be something I couldn't accomplish. I, I pretty much figured that that's something that I couldn't do anymore. Um, but I figured if I could get back to a place to improve my wellness, that would be enough. And I didn't know it back then, but getting back to Pittsburgh, getting to that job, being around people that motivated me, that that I loved, uh, that helped me kind of love myself a little bit more, uh, helped me get more motivated to do some of the things that I still wanted to do, even though I had spent so many years messing it up. Uh, It really put me in a place of wellness, which then over time led to me starting to figure things out. And I think that's where I'll wrap this episode up. And in the next episode, I'll walk you through that second era of my fitness journey, which is going to take us up to now where I come back to Pittsburgh. Um, I I made a pretty serious life shift at the age of 27, and I, I want to talk you through that in the in the next episode. Where um, I made some promises to myself. I made some promises to myself that I was no longer going to back out on. Okay, and the the I still look back on 27. I'm 36 now, so I'm coming up on what's going to be 10 years since making some some very serious decisions for myself that uh, have led me to really, really end up in a place that I'm unbelievably proud of and, and, and make a lot of the progress that I had always wanted to make. So I want to walk you through uh, that in the next episode. Talk about you know the most recent journey that I've been through where I did w- what ended up being over 500 days of body recomposition, burning fat and building muscle in the process uh, to get to the, the healthiest body weight and the healthiest physique that I've had. Um, And then talk about, you know to to kind of wrap up all of the things that we've talked about in this episode, talk about a lot of the lessons that I've learned along the way and some of the things that I really want to make sure that you're focused on and that you understand in your journey uh, because a lot of these mistakes, like I said at the beginning, a lot of these mistakes I made are common. You've probably made at least some of these or at least thought about some of these in the past and uh, I think it's important for us to talk about what all of this means, how it all gets packaged together, and what where your mind needs to be, where your focus needs to be uh, each day as you go about chasing the fitness goals that you have, the health and fitness goals that you have. Uh, so we'll talk about all those things in the next episode of uh, talking about my fitness journey. I hope you found this uh, interesting, enjoyable. Honestly, I'm not a big fan of like talking about myself for an entire podcast episode, which is why most of the episodes I do our deep dives into different topics of fitness and nutrition or doing Q&As where i can answer your specific questions and, and not really talk about me but uh like i said after i finished this most recent body composition process uh i just get some realizations that there's some good stuff that i can potentially share with you here on the podcast Uh, and and hopefully it'll, it'll help at least somebody. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please, uh, take a minute, leave a five-star rating and a comment that helps the podcast reach more people. Uh, so I'm told, I don't really know how it works, but that's what I'm told. And, uh, make sure you're subscribed if, if you haven't already. Um, and, uh, again, August 7th is coming up. It's coming up quick. It's only two weeks away. All right. So that's when training camp is going to open. And, uh, you know, if any of this stuff resonates with you and you, and you want to get on the right path and you want to get a program and some coaching and guidance to actually achieve what you want to achieve, it's coming up August 7th do not miss it. I cannot stress this enough. I'm not going to have applications open again for the rest of the year. So do not miss this. Uh, It's going to be a whole hell of a lot of fun. Thank you so much for listening. Again, I appreciate it. I'm excited to uh, talk to you again here in the next one, and I'll talk to you soon.